the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Draper Inc. This is AV Week, episode 202, recorded Thursday, July 2nd, 2015. Mike needs a hug. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host. It's the first time in three weeks I've said that from this very chair. We'll explain why in a second. First up is my buddy, my pal, happy candidate to him, Mr. Matt D. Scott from uh, London, Ontario. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for uh, for having me on. Well, you have to explain to the rest of us dumb Americans what Canada Day is in a second. Uh, Mr. Mike Shin from IMS. How are you, sir? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, also with us is John Green from Advanced AV. Hello, sir. Good afternoon, everybody. We're ready to take it from the Canadians for the next three days. <laughs> we are. We are. We are. Go America. Yay. Uh, and last but not least, Andrea Medeiros from Tech Home Builder. How are you, ma'am? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to bring the builder perspective into the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and George actually has, has had Andrea on a couple times. Uh, when he was hosting AV Week, so I'm kind of excited to to uh, <laughs> say that to, to get it to to get a crack at having her on. So um, I'm kind of excited to have that. So uh, a couple things first first and foremost, and um, I, I mentioned this on on the last couple episodes of AV Week, episode 200 and 201, where we recorded live at, at the the show floor. Um, let's just say that that lessons were learned, and um, you probably shouldn't roll out a brand new. Uh, recording rig uh, on a big show like Infocom. So we, we goofed up. My mic apparently was not recorded uh, the entire two hours, so that was fun. Um, and I take the entire blame for that, so it all it all ends on me. Starts here and, and the buck stops here, so I do apologize for that. Um, so that's, that's where that is. But we had a good time. Mike and, 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 um, and Mr. Green were not able to make it, so that's why we have them on this first this first shot. Real quickly, John, and, and then Mike will get your take on it. What was your maybe one or two things that kind of knocked your socks off? Well, I was I, I stayed away from tech. My my emphasis was walking around and talking to people and trying to get a feel for you know how business was, how everybody was doing, and, and it's certainly was not beat Infocom this year, no doubt about it. I think that everybody's looking at uh, remarkable years and, and and a lot of growth. Um, came back to uh, a sales meeting where we had a half a dozen attendees come back and they went to the corners of the show which I always enjoy. They went and found some technology that was really interesting. Uh, I didn't get a chance to actually go booth to booth and touch the technology. Again, it was more of a case of um, you know, meeting and greeting everybody. Um, I, I, you know, We were talking a little bit earlier. One of the things I guess um, I, a highlight was, uh, was the tweet up. I, being involved in social media, it's always fun to meet the people that are behind the memes and actually hear their stories. That was very enjoyable, and AV Nation did a great job there for sure. Um, the uh, the initial uh, you know talk from Infocom, you know the keynote was a little disappointing, I, and that's uh, I guess that's kind of a little bit of my reaction to it. Uh, I, 
I think it was a great topic. I just think that they, I wish that they would have gone to the edges a little bit more, gotten a little bit more courageous and, and talked about stuff that I think we're going to talk about today's show that, uh, that they could have brought it out. So that was my only thing. Um, but overall, the show was great. Well, and let, let's, let's kind of clarify exactly what you're talking about. And, and this is in years past, the, 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 the keynote has been one person, smart guy, smart yep. gal saying, hey, there's some really great uh, technology stuff. Let's, let's get going. Let's do this. Let's do cloud. Let's do, you know, 3D or, or whatever. This year, it was, yep. it was a roundtable uh, done by Nick Bilton from, from, from New York Times. So it's not exactly a, 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 a slacker. Uh, but they no, had. It wasn't, it wasn't just one person. It was five smart people yeah. on stage this time. Yeah, but it was it, <laughs> it was kind of lackluster, I guess is the best way. And, and I, I shouldn't say that because the the idea was Internet of Things, right? And it, yes. it, it seemed to me that it, it it touched on that very briefly, but they always they also went into some really weird little I don't know side channels. So. Yeah, and I guess I, I think that you get in front of an audience sometimes and you're afraid to speak your mind, afraid to um, you know hurt somebody's feelings, whatever it might be, or challenge it. I go to those events to hope to go, oh, i got to Google that. While they're talking, I'm looking at my phone, going, I better look what they're talking about. And it, 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 they stayed well short of that line, in my opinion. So. Okay. Well, what was the thing that you, you, that you said to the business side? What was your sense of the business? I think again, everybody's talking about you know. I think the economy's back for sure. I mean, we've we've seen that over the past couple of years. No, none more so than this year, but everybody's enjoying it. I think that there's an awful not, there's an awful lot of people from the small integrators all the way up to the large integrators uh, that are that have a lot of business opportunities. And there was an awful lot of partnership conversations. There were conversations about. I, I met with uh, two staffing agencies who were walking the floor, which was which was interesting. And we've had follow up conversations, so they know that we're in dire need of help. Okay. All right. uh, Mr. Shen, from your standpoint, what was uh, what, what did you uh, like or get from the show? Uh, from a technology, you know, device perspective, uh, the one that that I was blown away by that I had, I must have been hiding under a rock for the last couple of years. Uh, Oblong Industries mezzanine was really impressive. Um, that was one that 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 really excited me and uh, was one that. I definitely came back and, and made it a you know the buzz around the office, uh, and QSC's uh, you know latest DSP solution is is really going to be very competitive and really change I think uh, an element of the industry that's been untouched for I'll, I'll say a couple of years except for one or two you know uh, brands that are really doing some innovative things as well. So that that in terms of product is probably the biggest uh, thing, but. Um, you know, socially, TweetUp was great. The Drunk Uncles were great. Uh, you know, NSCA celebrated the 10 years of that. Uh, and uh, I had the distinct pleasure of accepting award on uh, our owner's behalf, Joe Renninger, from uh, Wave. So it was a great show for me, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, that, and that was a cool event, too. I was, I was there when Mike, Mike uh, accepted the award for, for their owner winning the Women in Navy Award, so that was kind of cool. Um, Really quickly, and we'll move on to the actual stories. Uh, John mentioned the tweet up. The tweet up was very cool uh, for me personally. Um, it was a big event, and a lot of people do a lot of work with it, and I am not one of them. I, I just kind of, you know, I sign the checks, <laughs> and a lot of people do do everything else. Uh, but the fact that, that Dave Labuskis, uh, the head of, of Infocom, yes. kind of came by and um, yep. 
our buddy Brock McGinnis made a big deal about it, and and I mean, at the time I was like, you know, it, it maybe is it Brock being Brock, because uh, Brock's kind of uh, Brock's rambunctious, and you know he's bigger than life, and wears purple suits for crying out loud, you know, so he's he's got a, a big boisterous personality, and after the fact, I'm like, yeah, that that was kind of cool. That was that was a really big deal. So, uh, all right. Tim, but, yes, sir. Tim, you know, just to, to, to mimic or, or uh, agree with that, Brock had grabbed me as I was walking in and, and he was just ducking out. Uh, he said, you're not going to believe who's inside. You know, Dave Labuskis is here. And I was like, oh, really? And he said, yeah, if nothing else legitimizes what AV Nation's influence has been in the last, you know, three years of growth and moving forward where its place is, it's something like having the president of Infocom show up at your hour and a half event at yeah. the end of the day. So, yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with that. I, I, I grabbed him, I saw him, and I grabbed my shot right away. My AV selfie was with Dave. I have never met the man, but it is, it is, it is just an acknowledgement of the effort that everybody that was in that room, and it was, it was good because they were marketing people, there were some salespeople, there were people behind the scenes that are actively talking about the industry daily in social media. So, I mean, his acknowledgement of, of your effort and, and the effort of everybody in that room, well, well deserved. It was a great, it was a great, great event. Yeah, yeah, it was. So, kind of cool. We need a, we need a bigger boat, as, uh, as they say in Java. Yep. So. yep. All right, uh, let's get this moving. Uh, Samsung makes big trucks transparent in the name of road safety. Uh, this came out actually the week after Infocom. It's one of those that you kind of go, it, why don't we have a show this week? Um, I think, Mike, you're the one that sent this to me. Uh, so here we go, and let's see if I can't screw this completely up. Um, so basically what we've got is you've got a big, giant display on the back of a truck, um, and ostensibly, I'm guessing, what you've got is, eh, that's not going to work today. All right. Um, you've got cameras on the front of the truck, which translates what's in front of the truck behind the truck. Uh, we had uh, Adrian Cottrell from Daily Do on. This is one where I almost put through to him and ask him if this is technically digital out of home. Um, but uh, but Mr. <laughs> Shin, let's let's talk to you first on this. Uh, yeah, from a from a an integrator standpoint and from a, a I guess a bottom line, how the heck does this happen standpoint? Is this something where you could go to somebody like Hogan or Penske and start selling them this as a solution? Oh, I pulled all of our salespeople off of everything else, and they they have been on the phone with U-Haul all day. Uh, as, a, as, as a competitor of Mike Shin, good move, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> go, baby, go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I will say this. Um, it's an innovative idea, and it cracked me up when I saw it because I, I can't wait for the first car accident. Just, oh, jeez. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be just glass everywhere, uh, you know, really disastrous. But um, uh, it's it's a neat idea. It's a cool idea. Uh, certainly, there's a safety element to it. Um, but it's simple enough. It's closed circuit. You could probably, if you own your own rig, do it yourself. Uh, so I see this as kind of like the best buy solution uh, for uh, road safety. That's uh, that's my my opinion. All right, Matt. Let's let's get you in on this because it, it he brings up a good point. You know, road safety. Is this more of a hazard than it is a safety feature? I I feel this will be more of a hazard, um, and I feel this way about a lot of the the stuff in a lot of vehicles anymore. Um, when I drive, I like to actually drive. I like to pay attention to what I'm doing, check blind spots occasionally, 
uh, in theory, I'm going faster than everyone else, so I usually don't have that much of a problem with it. Um, I feel like it would become the mesmerizing thing where all you do is you watch the back of the pickup and like, oh yeah, no, there's there's nothing up there, and you miss out on everything else that's going on. Like the back I of remember, the pickup. <laughs> well, yeah, the back the back of the truck or or you know somebody coming up beside you and. I remember we had a car growing up. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was a Bonneville. And it had a heads-up display that displayed all the, uh, you know, your speedo, your fuel, everything up on the actual windshield. You would get so caught looking at that little heads-up display that you weren't, you know, you weren't moving your head around. You weren't looking at everything else because you watched that little, that little ticker uh, as it went. And, you know, I kind of feel this is sort of the same thing. At the same time, up here, LED screens and stuff, salt, erosion, <laughs> winter, Canada. That, that's all I want. I want a white, a big white semi with a LED screen showing me white blinding snow. That's what I want to see. It'd be great. You'd never even know if it wasn't working or not because it just snow six months out of the year. <laughs> exactly. You'd never be able to tell if you had a signal problem. <laughs> all right. So, so, so in Canada, maybe snow. not. <laughs> yeah, in Canada, maybe not. All right, John, one, one thing that, that I like about this show, and, and, and I'm kind of um, just kind of neat that what happens here is that you've got, you've got Mike Shen, who's about, you know, five minutes away, probably not, but, you know, relatively speaking to the dumb kid from St. Louis, uh, you know, relatively close to, to Mr. Mr. Green here, and they can both, you know, have fun and, and crack back and forth. So, uh, John, from your perspective, besides the fact that Mike Shen should send all of his salespeople on this, what, what's your, what's your thoughts? I, it's going to sound relatively strange, but I, I think that anytime you put technology into into play, is good for our industry. Whether you know, it, it, I, even in the article they called out there, it's impractical. I mean, the price associated with trucking and and the overhead, there's really no cost benefit to the whole thing. So it'll eventually go away. But every time I see technology put in a place where it's not normally placed, I'm all for it. It just at least starts a conversation. I would, I would go so far as to bring uh, Andrea into this conversation on the building <laughs> side, because I, I, every time I go Halloween, I put uh, old horror movies on the side of my house with a projection, <laughs> and and the audiences go wild. You know, the house is always stopped by for candy. So, you know, applying technology to weird applications is always a good thing. We did have one year where we did a, a cross country <laughs> tour and we tried multiple times to get a small projector to work out of the follow like the chase vehicle on the back of the oh. oh, see there you go. Like a good couple hours one day through Iowa in the middle of the night. Couldn't get the thing to focus right. Uh, it was in the middle of the night. That's the fact, why. The fact that John is uh, finding the positive in this solution just tells me that I am right to pull my salespeople because he probably has already landed the contract Mayflower and UPS. I just I wanted to also respond to John's comment. It could be just like a horror story. Imagine if you could see through your house and what your right. neighbor's doing on the other side. Hey, I mean, that yo. <laughs> well, I, I think you're right. I don't know what the application would be to builders right now, but anytime you're trying out new technology, I think it's a good thing. I think this is kind of silly. I can't even look at billboards without almost crashing, but the idea of yeah. trying out the technology is a good one. Well, let, let's let's throw this out there. What, what happens when 
I don't know, maybe for 30 seconds or a minute, you start selling ads on it and then becomes a revenue generator. So, uh, And that is probably more of a practical use. They might end up doing that. Oh, goody. Cause that's Just what we need, what we need a 30-second, <laughs> minute-and-a-half-long ad as you're driving, and you're trying to write it down on your phone. Hold on, what was that number? <laughs> this jackass in front of this truck brought to you by Allstate. <laughs> with, the, with the mayhem guy from Allstate, <sighs> like, flying at you from the outside. Yeah. All right, let's 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 move on, shall we, so, to some, I'm not going to say more useful technology, but something that some of us are at least doing. Uh, Chromebox for meetings uh, has been around for a while. And they have a new one for $2,000, technically $1,999 and whatever. Um, I get the psychology of why they do that. But they've got a new one. Um, it's a new, uh, you've got the still the same Logitech uh, camera. Uh, and again, let's see if I can't totally screw this up. Um, you've got the Asus uh, Chromebox. You've got a fancy, smanchy little uh, remote control. And you have their new little uh, speaker uh do you, uh, microphone dudes. So here's the, a couple of things with this. Um, when this came out uh, about a week or so ago, it, it actually was around, right around um, uh, Infocom time, I had a conversation with, with David Danto, uh, who hosted our last uh, crosstalk with, uh, with Coxon and, and Trago, and he was not exactly enamored <laughs> with, the, with this product in general. Uh, but here's, here's my two things on this, and, and I'm actually going to start with Andrea for a reason on this. Um, yeah. this right here is almost like it's an, it's an easy entry point for people who need to do conferences at home, right? So we are all mm -hmm. using, um, Microsoft or Microsoft, uh, Google Hangouts for this program, right? Something mm -hmm. we've been doing for, for good Lord, almost two years now. Um, and it, it's simple, it's easy. Not overly impressive, not overly uh, professional. Uh, I know there are some companies that do a professional level, but it's not exactly what we would call, you know, a, a professional level thing. Um, so you bring in something like, you, then you have a choice of doing like LifeSize or Polycom or Cisco. Well, then you're going to start talking into the four, five, six thousand dollar range mm -hmm. at home. Eh, you know, unless you're the head of the of of Microsoft. Uh, you probably wouldn't do something of, of that level. So you've got you've got this this neat little uh, um, neat little uh, device here. So Andrea, for for you and for for building home theaters or not home theaters but home offices, mm -hmm. uh, does this make a whole lot of sense? I mean, I think it does. Maybe for the high volume builders, it makes sense, and then it doesn't. So it makes sense, but is it going to work? Because the high volume builders have tried out so many technologies like this and they've gotten burned so many times so if it doesn't work then that goes against you know the put it in yourself type systems and they might pay the four to five thousand dollars to get the professionally installed system because it's a weird time right now for builders because a lot of them in the production building market are just dipping into these technologies and as some of them don't work they're getting scared to use them again I do think the home office technology, there's definitely a place for that right now because so many more people are working from home. Um, but again, I don't know. Sometimes saving the money isn't worth it, and maybe it's more of a luxury home that would want a technology like this anyway, and they would probably pay more money for the professionally installed system. Yeah, that, that's valid. 
Uh, Mr. Green, from your standpoint, is this something where, you know, let, let's be honest here, you, you guys there's, 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 yeah, there's a bunch of, uh, you yeah. know, there's, there's, there's a fair amount of solutions out there, and I think that there's a natural, so, you know, there's going to be people who are going to select a solution, no doubt about it. it but there are some things that, and, and Andrew spoke to it as well, we reached out to Google to have a conversation about the first version of this. And the, the the level of interest diminished if I wasn't going to sell ten thousand of them. The the level from, of support from, yeah, the, the was level go, of go interest diminished from you or from them? No, from them. Okay. I mean, it was you know here here you know here's a distribution channel you can buy as many as you need. Oh, you really want us to teach it? Well, here's a Google here's a here's a website. You know, go check this video out. And you know we could we could we could do that. I mean, that's generally what happens is that there is a fair lot of early, you know, onboarders of technology that buy this stuff and struggle through it. That's not a business model for us. I mean, you know, we need to understand it so we can support our customers and it has to be all ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it's not they can't run into operational issues. That's kind of silly. Uh, everybody has patience. I mean, we all get new toys and we all struggle with them. Uh, you can ask my wife about her Apple phone anytime you want. Uh, and but that so it's, it doesn't work for us. I just simply I don't see See it being a practical application. All right, Mr. Shen, from your standpoint. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the the, the professional services side of our industry and and what we target in the pro AV world really relies on us to build strong relationships with the brands that we represent and we need to be able to lean on those relationships when we hit struggles whether it's you know due due to the device that was installed or some other environmental issue around that device um, or even a user unique experience so when when you're talking that you know unless you're gonna be a a mega warehouse pushing these products out 15 20 a day uh, and you know don't call us that's not really something that I'm gonna be you know getting behind in, in front of my customers at the same time uh, I'd, I'd be you know dumb to to say that I'm not gonna bump into this I, I'm gonna have a customer that comes to me and says oh, I saw this and I want this instead and uh, just make my the rest of what you're installing work with it so there's an element that that we do have to dedicate to learn it understand it uh, be able to engineer to it, uh, but we also need to understand it well enough to tell the customer what the limitations are and what you know risk they're they're taking by uh, by implementing it into a conference room, especially if it's a mission critical space. All right, how yeah. do you do that without sending like a, a either a know it all or like you're trying to sell them on something? Because here's what you've got: you've got clients who see this on Amazon or wherever that is they're going to see it, and they're going to come to you and say, "I'm you know because I'm the smart guy." Um, I want you to put this in here now, and you have to make all this work with all my existing stuff. How do you, how do you educate them without without trying to, I don't know, I guess talk down to them or? Well, that's that's the trick, Tim. But uh, I can't say so, otherwise John would steal, you know, all my customers. So no, we, John, I, I, close I your ears. Yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. I agree with everything with Mike said, and and it's an it's not just this product that's causing that issue, Tim. You know, all of our customers are coming to us Google educated. I mean, you know, they're coming in with with a, with experiences that they've had and knowledge they have of a product. It's our job to step up our game. I mean, we are we we must know about this product. We must know, as as Mike said, how to engineer to it, and and basically explain to them. Not you're not going to make a decision for them. You're just going to inform them of the user experience of which they're going to have. And if they want to be there, fine. We're 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 okay with that. We respect their decisions, but it is our job to know the product too. 
Right, and and you know, Tim, to to your specific question, it's not like I would walk into the room and say, no, we're not touching that. You know, you have to use Polycom, or here's your Cisco solution, or you know, this is the only alternative. You have to, you know, first understand their environment, understand what their workflow is for their users and what they're what they're used to, in order to be able to design the best solution to it. And it might be that that is the best solution, so long as you're letting them know that in the marketplace what differentiates some of these other products is X, Y, and Z. So it's, you know, what, 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 your, what your role is from a design-build perspective, from what, what side of the industry we're on, our role is to make sure that the customer understands what options are out there and what matches up to their culture and their environment as best as possible. All right, let's take this from a little different angle because uh, our buddy Matt Scott is, Matt does residential, Matt does uh, uh, house of worship, he does some commercial. Um, one of the interesting things about Matt, though, that, that not a whole lot of people know, and he doesn't do a good job of, of touting his own horn on this, but he's a really good lighting designer, right? And he walks into, let's say, a, a house, and you're going to have a client say, well, I saw this at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever box store you want to pick, right? And what was it? Two or three years ago, Lutron started selling their, their stuff at, at Home Depot. Um mm-hmm. And they still do. And they still do. <laughs> they still do. So, Mr. Scott, how do you do that? You know, let's take the, the, this Google, you know, for, for uh, you know, the, the Hangouts for Business thing um, and, and spin this and, and get from your, from your perspective how you take your lighting expertise and educate the customer right. why <laughs> they would want to get something from you rather, rather than picking it up off the shelf. Well, and it's, it, it always comes down to telling a story. And when we get into products like this, because let's be honest, they sell drop cams, they sell nests, they sell everything at big box stores now. You can buy pretty much anything that we sell in some shape, form, or fashion at some big box store somewhere. Um, it, and when it comes specifically to lighting, for example, Lutron currently sells uh, their entry-level automation system straight uh, at Home Depot and, and a bunch of the other stores. And we had this conversation uh, about three weeks ago with a client who was looking at systems. And the big thing that it usually comes down to for us is as we're telling that story and explaining how both systems work, both the, the system you can get at the depot plus the other systems that we sell that you can't buy at the depot, um, you go through obviously your feature sets and everything else without trying to overly uh, be technical, which some clients can handle, uh, but it also usually comes down to the service side. So when we sell Cassetta, which is something that we, we sell a lot, that is also sold at Home Depot, it comes down to the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of times as we're telling that story, we explain, yeah, when you, if you go and buy this at, ooh, and I even have a prop since oh, we're talking Lord. to this. Ooh, when you go buy this at the depot, it doesn't come in this box, it comes in the clamshell, and you can go and we can install it, you can install it, it really doesn't matter to us. We'll bring in an electrician, so we'll make sure that it is installed properly. We will program it properly so that it works and functions and does everything you should do. We're also going to bring to the table our now eight years of selling Lutron products and understanding how Lutron design, you know, lighting control design is uh, supposed to function and all that experience, we're going to put that all together to provide you with a lighting control solution that works, that you're comfortable with. 
And whether you buy it from us or whether you go buy it at Home Depot, we'll still bring that for you. But if you go and buy this off the shelf at Home Depot, if you want to install some of it yourself, you can do that. But you're then putting all of your trust in the orange apron at Home Depot to understand how lighting control works. If you're buying this product from Android, uh, this conference system, you're putting your trust in that website that it's going to work the way they say it does versus, say, buying a Clear One product or any of the other products that are out there. It comes down to the fact that a lot of times, you know, we as dealers and we as installers, we know what works, what doesn't work, what has weird little issues back and forth. And we can head that off as long as we can explain that properly. Uh, and that's usually the big thing that we find in that realm is, you know, you have to explain it because people don't understand. They will, you know, they're Google smart, which isn't necessarily a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll work. Um, to speak to the builders deal with the same sort of thing. I've been, I've been shooting videos at different sites where there's no integrator involved in the install, whether it's keyless locks, whether it's home automation, whether it's lighting. So that means the builder would have to know everything about that product and all of the other products they already have to put in the home. So when you're putting in products like this, you're basically saying the person who's building your new home has to know everything, and that's not always the case. So then that's not beneficial to the builder, and it's not beneficial to the home buyer either because if you're dealing with a company who's not going to work with the builder to teach them how it works, then it's not going to pass down to you. Then you're going to have a lot of problems with your technology that you're using. And then the ease of use that you use the technology in the first place for isn't even there anymore. All right. Well, and, go ahead. And, go ahead, Matt. The, and one thing that I'll agree with you on that uh, statement is, you know, we do a lot of residential stuff and we do a lot of work in residential uh, situations where the builder has brought in an electrician to design mm -hmm. an audio system or, you know, somebody who is still an integrator but a subpar integrator for that s scope of project. And it, it's unfortunate for everyone because not only do we look bad, even though we didn't have anything to do with the project, but we get grouped in with that group, but it also makes the builders look bad. So every time that you see, you know, builders bringing in experts and bringing in, you know, proper subtrades and everything like that, it does nothing but boost, A, the business, and B, the industry in general. And that's happening in luxury, but it's the high-volume production builders mm -hmm. who are trying to keep the budget down. It's a real struggle for them <laughs> to get to put all the money into tech when they have to build a house for $200,000. Yeah, it's rough. Well, and I was going to ask, I was going to ask Andrea's, from Andrea's perspective, how, I, I guess the question is, how do guys like Matt or, or, or Mike or, or, uh, or uh, John a, a help them, I guess, and educate them? Not that John and, and, and Mike want to get into residential, but if, if they were, uh, or another integrator who does. Business, John. <laughs> You're like 300 miles it's away yours. from him. Leave him it's alone. Yours. Um, how do they Listen, help these integrators? I, I got Mike in the, on this truck thing. You got to distract <laughs> me with something. So help me, Mike. If I see an IMS logo on the side of a truck sometime soon, I, I don't know. There is actually a competitor, right, Mike? There's a competitor that has an LED truck. It's in the area. 
Ah, uh, yes, as a matter of fact, yes, they are. Yes, they are two gigantic LED screens on both sides of the truck. They, Good they, night. They exist today. That they do. All right, uh, Andrea, how how do we help them? You know, because you said you're right; they're not going to know everything. I don't care if they're a general or if they're just a, a construction company that, you know what, they know their stuff. They know drywall. They know, you know, they know floors. They know plumbing. They know electrical. But God bless them when you start t getting into this Internet of Things and you start talking about control mm -hmm. and automation. They don't know this stuff. And honestly, they shouldn't be expected to because it's, it's, not, their, it's, it's not their vertical. So how do we help them? Well, we write about this a lot, actually, because for the builder, this is a big problem right now because there's so much technology pouring into the market at one time. They're kind of trying to figure out how to use it and what the best way to use it is. Um, a lot of the luxury builders we work with have said in the past couple years, they've started bringing their integrator in way early to help in the design process with the designer, the integrator, and the builder because it's become such a struggle on the, the back end because there's so much technology going into the homes. You really need that partnership early to make sure everything works well. The design being the looks of the technology within the home. And then you also need the integrator to make sure that's installed, also that it's pre-wired so that there can be more technology put in later on down the road. But that's luxury. So they're learning that and a lot of them are already doing that. But the high volume builders, they're still learning and they're still figuring out what type of technology to use. And a lot of them turn to Cox Home Life or different systems like that that are a little bit cheaper. And then you kind of have that problem where they're not really sure exactly how to use every element of it because they're so focused on so many other things. Well, and, and something that we've seen them have a lot of trouble with here is, you know, when you're dealing with a custom builder and a large-scale build, it's mm -hmm. not a problem because, you know, we as the integrator, we're always <coughs> there, or as a rule, if we're involved, we're there the whole time with the client making those decisions, uh -huh. saying, okay, this room is getting TV with all of these sources, this room is getting this, this room is getting lighting control. When you do the high volume stuff, it's such a challenge for the builders because outside of doing a basic wiring backbone, mm -hmm. there's not a lot you can put in without knowing what the client is doing or what they're going to use. You can't drop HDMI to the four different locations in the family room that someone could theoretically put a TV. And the, the, the high volume builder doesn't respectfully, okay, they don't you, care. Okay, hang on for a second. You don't have to do that, but you can do fiber. Right, you can right. do twisted yeah. pair. Yeah. Um, I mean, good God! Remember, right. oh, this is probably the mechanist in the '80s and the '90s. They used to put freaking coax drops everywhere. I mean, there right. there are homes remember, where there was one on each wall, right? Right, and they're still doing that. But remember who mm -hmm. your remember who your buyer of a two hundred thousand dollar home, no matter where in North America they're buying, they're not going to spend money for an HDMI over twisted pair balance. Right? Those homeowners are going to put a TV on the wall with a cable box. Well, that's changing a little bit as millennials are getting older. They're demanding more of the technologies that we're talking about. It's not right. just about a TV anymore. But the problem is we're in this moment where we're trying to figure out how it's best going to work, how to fit technology and home automation into a home that's $250,000. How do you do that? You do it after the house is built. 
with wire with wire um, molds. There are solutions, and, and a lot of the builders are offering free wiring, like as a standard. Mm -hmm. There are different things they're trying out, but it's oh, completely. It take a little while to perfect it. Yeah, and I think it's still one of those things where no matter who that, no matter who the client is, when they pay someone like us, they mm -hmm. are wanting some level of customized service. They're wanting some level of custom installation. And that's where no matter what, you know, unless a builder literally put, uh, you know, six dual pair Cat 5s or Cat 6s into a location in every possible place we'd want it. Yeah. And Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to jump on you a little bit here. I guess, my, I guess my question is, is that years ago, before we had electricity, they're probably having the same conversation. You remember that's, that those times. Yeah, that's, I absolutely do. I mean, before the days when there was gas going in, yeah, that's part of the problem with our industry. You well, know, yeah. a, a, building, a building trade should be able to go, well, outlet goes here and video goes – or whatever it might be. There should be a standard IT infrastructure layout that everybody agrees that should go into every house. I mean, they, if they could do it for electricity – they should be able to do it for the stuff you know, that we do. Okay, let's do it. Well, yeah, that's a too long of a conversation. Right. It'll take up the rest of the afternoon. It, we it do would, it would. Coming. And it's, you know, it's 4th of July weekend, so let's, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. It's, I just have this a question. Is Was John sitting like near a candle wondering, I wonder what home automation going to be like? I was holding a little shadow box. This is what I was doing. I was holding a little shadow sticks and making portraits on side of buildings. Actually, actually, John. Home automation. John was the <laughs> other guy that that uh, that Edison stole ideas from. You know. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let, let's actually. This is this. Well, goes nicely into another story we have. Uh, engineers just broke the capacity limit for fiber optic transmission. This is something I'm interested in, uh, and you should be too. And it, it, UC San Diego's uh, Qualcomm Institute electrical engineers were able to increase the power of optical signals. Nearly 20-fold, 20-fold. This is why you should care. Not only from the home builders, and I mentioned pulling fiber everywhere, and it, it's, it's, it's going to be where we're going, right? Um, it would have been a, a, an immediately interesting, more interesting story had it been Twisted Pair, but it wasn't, and here's why. This is why it's, it's, it's important to you and you and you and, and anybody watching or listening to this. We've been talking about 4K for, God, what, a year, two years now. We've been talking about 8K for at least six months. We've been, uh, we, I, I did a, a panel at, at uh, Streaming Media East where the guy from Fox is talking about, you know, uh, Japan and Korea broadcasting 8K. So wherever 16K is, let's, you know, kind of do the over-under probably about two or three years before somebody starts talking about it in, in earnest. We are at a capacity point when it comes to fiber. We're beyond a capacity point when it comes to Twisted Pair, Right. We're, we're, yep. we're past that, especially when we start getting in the conversation about 4K. But we're at a capacity limit when it comes to fiber. And the fact that these guys and, and gals did this and, 20, and, and, and did it 20 times, which is phenomenal, is important. And it goes back to this very, this very, this very topic where you have some very forward-thinking uh, general contractors who are pulling fiber. And, and it's their own little version of dark fiber. Right, and if you don't know what dark fiber is, dark fiber is fiber that's been yeah. pulled. It just hasn't been lit up yet, and it's not it's not being currently used. But they're pulling dark fiber all throughout these new these new construction buildings because they 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 have the sense and the knowledge and the foresight to say, <clears throat> you know what, twisted pair is just not quite cutting it. I don't care what you call twisted pair, whatever category. 
But it, this fiber thing is going to happen. This fiber thing is going to get there. Yes, it is going to be a little bit more expensive for a while, but it's going to be, this is going to be the capacity for things, not only for data, not only for VoIP, not only for VTC, but also for our next generation, our next resolutions. Um, so this is, this is kind of exciting. Uh, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with what do you do? What do you pull? Honestly, I still think you pull fiber. Um, if I design a system, which it's, it's kind of what I do on, on, on my real job is I, I run a independent programming guys and, and design stuff. That's what I lead with. Now, it start, starts to get value engineered. Guess what the first thing to go is? Fiber and, and, and the, the balance that go with it. So, uh, but Mr. Shin, what, uh, what do you think about this, this whole pushing things 20 times the, the limit on, on the fiber stuff? Well, uh, just to, to wrap up on, on that last topic and transition into this one, Tim, I completely agree. You know, fiber is what should be run in the home. And if I have to choose between a $200,000 home right now that has nothing or even Cat5 running in it and spending 215, 220000 on a house that's completely pre-wired for fiber that will last for the next 10, 15, 20 years of whatever I want to be able to do in that home, then that's an easy solution for me. Then, you know, then I'm going back to the bank and I'm saying, hey, listen, I just need a uh, 10, 10, 15 percent more. That's um, so. You know that that's that's neither here nor there. This really was a very cool article. I um, was asking myself and scratching my head. Uh, I was at an Extron training about a year and a half ago, and we were talking about uh, you know their fiber solutions and where 4K and how long out until 8K and you know going beyond that. And I'm sitting there going, nobody nobody knows what it's going to be. No. Single mode, multi mode. Where are we going with all this? Now we've blown the doors off of this thing. We can run 7,400 miles with the same amount of data that you know previously. We just we weren't sure exactly how far we can go. Now we have set limits. We we have a conversation of a ceiling, which is uh, something that you know now we can we can engineer towards. We can you know not to use that phrase again, but we can marketplace about it and and develop products that fall within that range. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Mr. Scott. What do you what do you stand with running fiber? Sorry, you cut out on me. What was I that? said, where, where do you stand with running the fiber? We we run fiber into commercial spaces. We do not yet run fiber into residential unless it's asked for, uh, and that's strictly because right now here we have very little fiber use at all. We are just starting to get fiber into the home from the telecoms let alone anything else. Um, so we haven't really jumped on the wagon yet because, as I said, there's not a lot of stuff out there in the in the resi space that is commonly being used for us. Um, we run a lot of Twisted Pair. We still run a lot of coax. It just, it, it's, you know, it, it comes to the point where as much as we're all kind of geeky people, we like to be very technical, a lot of our clients, especially my clients, are not. They don't ask for fiber. Um, most of them don't know fiber exists unless, again, they're, they're commercial clients or they're IT-based in their, their real life. That surprised I, I me. That surprised me. You're not running. You're not seeing uh, fiber up in up in your area. We're seeing really? fiber. We're seeing fiber room to room. Yeah. No, we're not seeing that. That's how that bad it is. We're seeing that now. Again, corporate spaces are different. Yeah. Um, but we're not seeing it. Like, are you kidding? We in our Okay, my city is 385, 
and we are 5% covered with fiber wow. from the telecoms. Yeah, we have we have communities in our area just around where we where we work and live that are fiber run. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty. Now, are you fiber to the house or fiber to the pole? No, fiber to the pole. Okay. Right yeah. Well, so well, we have, no, we, have, we have some. John, yeah, I mean, I mean, Verizon's pretty much yeah, bringing Verizon. fiber to the house yep. in a large part of the, the right. market, even though the majority of this you know market is Comcast owned, but they are creeping in you know more and more. Yeah, they're, and it, yeah, they're, and it's funny they're still being selective about it. I think that Verizon's play, regardless of what we're saying about all this stuff, is they're going to go wireless. You know, right. the, yeah. the, 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 next, the next technology break, they're not, you know, obviously nobody's going to deliver 4K or 8K wirelessly, but remember this recording because it'll be wrong in a few years. Um, but the fact of the matter is that's our play. And I think that that's, you know, this this is a great advancement. I think that there's applications where this this will be needed, but the fact of the matter is, is that Verizon and wireless are going to have a greater impact on deliverables. So, oh, John, yeah. John couldn't agree with you more. That was a conversation I had with Melissa uh, Melissa Dillman at, at Infocom was the yeah. topic of Verizon's going to make a major play in our world, and it's going to yep. be beyond just transmitting signal from A to B. It's going to be how are we wirelessly communicating in general. So it's also going to be, you know, how am I getting my signal from my cell phone to appear on that display that I'm standing next to? Yeah, we, we, we literally, we, we've had we've had two meetings with, with Verizon. They have a special uh, team that comes around that, 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 that tries to figure out what we do for a living so that we can build an application that can be hung on their wireless network so we're you know they're very anxious to, to bring in the AV community because they've got they got the bandwidth here we go again the bandwidth and, is available let's fill it up and they're not alone because you know you'd, you'd be stupid to think the Comcast hasn't seen that and went oh wait Microsoft joined Infocom what's Infocom <laughs> interesting maybe Maybe we should look into this. We should find some people there. Yeah. Can you go? Anybody? Can anyone? Now, are you, just out of curiosity, Mike, or anyone else, if you have fiber coming into the house from Comcast, are they letting you connect directly to the fiber? Well, it's not not from Comcast. Comcast is oh, going whoever. But uh, But Verizon. Can you, can you take it? Yeah, you, can't, you can't extend the fiber from there. No, you, you yeah, have to then convert. Either. Yeah, so we get fiber coming in. And it goes to their patch panel, and then we get a Cat5 out at 300 megabit. That's it. Huh. Which, again, is why, unless it's an in-house uh, reason, we don't... We get... We get say we don't care, but we just don't really care, because there's nothing get, there. Yeah, we get Cat5, but we also don't get uh, RG6 out as well. Right, okay, so same thing. Unless you're running HDSDI or something. Did you just say Cat5 is the same as RG6? No, I didn't no, say Oh, sure. Welcome back. Thank you. Well, you know what? Matt, Matt was making such a good point. I figured I'd just go take a, you know, take a short siesta, grab a cup of coffee. I, I actually, it, it, I live in Coming a, off of Infocom, Tim decided to buy a new computer for the first episode back. No, that would be, that would be, I, I, yeah, I have no idea what happened. Apparently, the, the squirrels fell asleep in my internet, so. Um, you know what? You should get fiber run to your house. Hey, it probably, you, you know what? If it ever makes it to this side of the river, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, well, you all have to move to Delaware Valley. That's what, you know, we've got all kinds of technology around here. We see, and so the, 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 the thing about living in a metropolitan area is the, the less populous side doesn't always get the technology in the first 10 years. Uh, they have fiber. They have last mile. Yeah, they have they have last mile fiber all over St. Louis. But there's this weird little dividing line called the Mississippi River, and right. and I live on the on the east side of that. 
Uh, the Illinois side doesn't get quite the love on it when it comes to technology that uh, that St. Louis does. But, yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Oh, yeah. So I took over hosting and Good. I did a fabulous job. I'm sure you did. Um, but you'll have to cut most of that out. I'm sure I will. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's wrap this up with a couple of things. Andrea uh, from, from Tech Hall Builder has a couple of uh, stories. Uh, so we'll let her go down the thing. And then I have one final uh, plea, I guess, uh, for those of you who are under. Eh, you have to be over 42, but, but for those under 40. So, Andrea, take it away, ma'am. Sure, I'll talk a little bit about kind of what we write about at Tech Home Builder, and it's actually a lot of what we talked about today. I'm talking about one recent article we did. Um, we had a columnist write it called, his name's Joe Whitaker. I don't know if any of you know him, but he wrote an article called Misconceptions, Woes Over Wireless Connectivity and the Idea That the Single Router is No Longer Enough. Um, we talked about some products like the Kedge, um, and stuff like that. So we do write about some stuff that appeals to integrators as long as builders can, you know, get some information out of it too. Um, another story I wanted to talk about, um, actually two stories, I went on what I called a Boston home tech tour. So I went to two multifamily developments in Boston who are actually starting to install technology. Um, again, these apartments go for $2,500 a month. So you got to be paying for something, but they actually had Nest in one of them um, and some other technologies, and it was kind of an example of how kind of you should maybe go toward professionally installed systems. Some of their technology wasn't necessarily working when I was there for the video shoot, so it's kind of interesting to see how these things are playing out in the builder realm as these different developers are trying it out. Um, another story we did recently um, is called Buckeye Builder Integrator Team Boost Profits Through Tech. And that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier today, the idea that these builders, this uh, builder is out of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, he brings his integrator in in the design stage. And we kind of talk about how important that is to find a capable integrator, start early on so you can get the proper plan in place to make sure all the technologies working in a convenient way. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is I actually just got back from PCBC um, last week. So while you guys were all learning about integrator stuff, I was learning about some builder topics. What was really interesting to me at PCBC this time around is they do that parade of products. They call it the POP. At least 10 of the 17 products being recognized were all energy efficient or conservation based products. So there were a minimal amount of products that were home automation products. So we talked to some builders about how important that aspect of technology is becoming, especially in California where the codes are constantly changing and starting in January 2017 they're going to have some major new regulations that they're going to have to be focusing on. So. I don't know if builders, at least in the West, are going to be more focused on that type of technology rather than home automation and AV type stuff because they really don't have a choice. Um, so those are just some of the things that we're working on right now. Our luxury newsletter went out today. Um, we featured a really, really cool outdoor amphitheater. So if you have time to check that out, it's basically a dream backyard if you're super, super wealthy. Um, but we do also feature some projects from integrators who send over some pictures along with the you know people they've worked with on the project, and we feature projects that integrators have worked on as well. 
So cool. that's kind of what we do here over at Tech Home Builder. All right. What, one thing is, uh, Andrea mentioned PackEdge. PackEdge is the last couple of years have started getting their, their feet wet in, in the integration side. And, and again, this year, I actually had a mm -hmm. chance to sit down and talk with them. They've got some interesting things. They've got some interesting things when it comes to remote management, uh, when it comes to their using their servers and, and a couple of their products, uh, you can kind of drill into your client's uh, uh, space, whether it's home or you know, their conference room, and, and do some interesting, uh, interesting uh, things as far as maintaining and, and accessing uh, what's going on. So that's cool stuff. All right, guys, last but not least, uh -um. the CI 40 under 40, quote unquote, <laughs> back and better than ever. I want to take issue with that statement from Mr. D. Craig McCormick. It, yeah, is, not, not it is not possible, not possible to do, to be better than ever. It may be back, but it's not better. And here's the reason why. Both, do you have a personal bias? I do have a personal bias. <laughs> Both Matt Scott, where did Mike Shin go? Mike Shin, now Mike Shin dropped. There he is. And Mike Shin. I'm here, I'm here. You get fiber. We're on last year's list. In addition, you had Josh Frago, you had Phil Cordell, you had Don Mead, you had Kelly Perkins, you had um, you had uh, uh, Courtney Govro, you had uh, the guys from ZDI, the the uh, um, um, uh, uh, Jay and Aaron uh, McCardle. Uh, some really great folks under 40. Netto, right? We had, had Chris uh, Netto. You look, we had two women. Had two women. Yeah. Tori and I, and, I yeah, can't Jennifer. Speak for you guys, but I know Dawn Mead is absolutely amazing. We featured her in one of, she is amazing. One of our showcases. <laughs> yeah, you had Jennifer Willard. I mean, that was a phenomenal group. Yes. So, yes, we were, weren't we? Huh? <laughs> yes, we were. Yes, we were, weren't we? <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, talk. yes, we were. We not, not to, you know. I heard, I, I talked to a couple 40 under 40s, and their response to that was, that are a bunch of punks. Let's see the new class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see this new class. Let's see what we can do. Um, all kidding aside and all, all, all teasing for, from our buddies over commercial integrator side, they're, they're doing it again. So if you're interested, check it. We'll put a link on the, on, the, on the show page for this episode. Check it out, if you would, please. There's some really, really, I'm gonna, really... I'm going to add something to the commercial integrator conversation. Yeah. We, you, know, you need to be kind because Mr. LeBlanc has brought a new person into the AV industry. He had his son... On Monday. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, yes. yes. So we were all. We had a little naming contest that lasted for about thirty seconds. We tried to get our shot at him. Well, I thought but, they were naming uh, it Josh Rago LeBlanc. <laughs> it actually came out to be Andrew Thomas. So congratulations oh, yes. and a shout out to to Tom and his family. It's a that's a great thing. Yeah, here, here. Yeah, here, here. So, uh, and he would be he would be one that would be under forty. Not the not Tom the the, the new one, the new LeBlanc. <laughs> Tom, Tom and I are actually, last year was a cool year. Last, Tom and I are the same age. So there was this, this huge swath of class of 1974 last year. Um, I'm not going to mention all of them in case they want to keep their 39 years in holding. Uh, but, but Tom is, is one of them that we're in. So, yeah, if you would, please, there's some really, really great folks. Actually, one that works for Advanced AV. Um, that uh, so, name's already in there. Good. It, it'll be. It's in there again. Actually, for a couple of times. Uh, her name's Marina Gregory. Yeah, we keep stuff in the ballot box. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> what? It's our, it's our bump. 
Yeah, it's our bump. Yeah, she, well, she, she's also with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, check that out if you would please uh, give some folks some, some much needed uh, appreciation, not much needed recognition. Uh, and Can I steal more? 30 seconds more? Absolutely. I, I hit again. Infocom scholarship. Why, oh, why aren't there about 30 people going for the scholarship? It's anybody that is associated with anybody in the AV industry that has a, has a, a, a child that is a sec, I think it's a third and fourth year in college that is going for something that's AV related. It's a $5,000 scholarship. We should, there should be plenty of them. I just, you know, I, my daughter just dropped her off at Penn State for engineering, and she's too soon. But I could, I could lie on an application for five thousand dollars. I'll let you know that right now. <laughs> I know, I've seen your bid response. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, sure. <laughs> you got to let them close the show out with that, are you? <laughs> oh. It was fighting words. Teasing, right there. of course, teasing. Oh man. All right. Uh, that's all we got here. Um. One final thing, and I'll, and I'll steal 30 seconds from, from John. Uh, we're doing something interesting and unique. I th at least I think it's unique. It, it, everybody may be doing this. Um, we're doing something we're calling under underwriting. And it's it's different in, from sponsorships. It's different from advertising. And the fact that we're not selling ads. Um, and that's been an interesting conversation with some, some folks when that's the first line out of your mouth. Uh, but check them out if you would, please. Uh, there's some really great folks who've come under us and, and given us some money so we can do things like the Infocom tweet up, like Cover Infocom. We're going to CDO where we've got a, a big group going to ISE and, and kind of bring you the programs that, that you've come to love over the last four years. And if we hurt, hit, hit certain marks, holy crap, we've got some cool ideas. Uh, some really great folks have come up and uh, some some longer form things and some more scripted things. So yeah, check that out if you would please. And, and Mr. Green is, and his company has has come alongside and, and has become one of them. So check that pleasure, out. Been a pleasure. So thank you. National pleasure. Yep. So, all right, kids. Uh, go ahead, enjoy your hot dogs and bratwurst and tofu dogs if you're a vegetarian. Miss Andrea uh, Medeiros, thank you so much from Tech Home Builder. How can people find you? Uh, they can go to techhomebuilder.com or they can email me, um, but that email is a little bit long. They can find me on Facebook as Andrea Medeiros Tech Home um, or on Twitter, which is Andrea A. Medeiros is my handle. Also, I hope to see you guys at the CECI Summit, which I will also be at um, as my company also puts that on. Very cool. Yeah, there, there will be a bunch of us there as well. So I just got an email about that this week. So, uh, Mr. Green, thank you so much, sir. Yep, jgreen6 is my Twitter handle. Pretty vicious on that. And uh, we can be found at advancedav.com. Right, advancedav.com, brand new website in the last six months. Very yep. cool look. So, uh, Mr. Matt D. Scott from Omega Audio Video, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You can find me on pretty much anything under Matt D. Scott, but uh, definitely on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and whatever. Yeah. All the all the stuff the cool kids are doing. And and he's a he's a he's a Twitter uh, a ambassador for Cedia, so I am. Check that yes. what's what's your code we'll thingy? Have, we'll have codes for you guys very soon. You don't have code yet? I don't know. I might. My Jeez. my inbox is a little overwhelmed at the moment. Because you should we check had a holiday, out. but no one else cared. I cared. <laughs> I had maple yeah, I syrup on my pancakes. Oh, we're gonna thanks. we're gonna close the show out with O Canada. Oh okay? Canada! <laughs> I hope you guys know it because oh I know. Uh, we just did. That was it. Yeah, it. <laughs> Typically, when we're playing the Maple Leafs, I just that's when yeah I go get a hot dog or something. 
That was a smart yeah. move, John. Yeah, cut him off before I say goodbye. That was <laughs> Paybacks, man. Paybacks. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Having two people from the same location on this. It's is- awesome. <laughs> um, Mr. Shin from IMS, thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for having me on. And uh, uh, I I do love uh, I love John very dearly. I do. I I greatly appreciate his sense of humor, and I'm glad that we can uh, we can be in the same marketplace and in the same room without uh, without knives at each other's throats. That's yeah, for sure. We absolutely respect each other's work. Trust me. You guys need to hug it out or something. Or... <laughs> they're actually in the next room. You guys didn't know that. They're they're just... tune into the after show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can be found at, uh, at AXP Mike on Twitter, uh, imstechnologyservices.com, and uh, uh, occasional uh, contributor to avnation.tv. Uh, no, avnationtv.com now. Either right. one, actually. They, they, okay. they both work now, thanks to our We're back. Team, so. We're back. We're back. We're back. I think they're going to break our email over the weekend. That was, that was my idea. Yeah, we are. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Awesome. Uh, my name is Tom Albright. Don't follow me, but go by the website because they do. They did actually do an awful lot of work. It's, it's slick, dude. It's, it's, some, it's some good stuff. Fancy so, stuff. It is. Matt Matt was one of them. Uh, our buddy Bradford Ben was another. Josh Rago helped out. Um, I pretty much said that that looks cool. So, um, actually, Marina and, and our, and our, our uh, Dawn and, and Kelly also helped out with the look and feel and kind of how things work and, and do like that. So, check that out if you would please. Avionation.tv or avionationtv.com, but the main one, avionation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. We've got a, a nice, neat little section where all of our Infocom 2015 stuff is gone. Uh, blogs are there. Our shows are there. Our booth tours are there. I think the last one we just put up, or the latest one we just put up, was actually Mr. Scott and Jan Sandry from FSR. That was actually a really cool conversation. It was uh, fun. It was awesome. It was it it was really neat. Um, and uh, and then uh, him and Draper and and. Uh, the one thing I, I wanted to do this year with Infocom was uh, I didn't want to be in every single video. Um, so I wasn't. Uh, folks like uh, Victoria Ferrari did some interviews for us. Uh, um, uh, Phil Cordell did some. Matt did some. Uh, Chris Netto did some. Uh, George Tucker did some. It was a really, really great uh, community effort, and I'm very, very proud of, of the work that everybody did. So check that out if you would, please. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week. Thank you.